long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a whole lot of stories were told. Seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything in the Star Wars universe. Through films, comic books, TV shows, novels, and much, much more, sorting out what is legend, what is canon, and which stories are told from a certain point of view can be a bit tough. We're here to help you sort through that mess and to stay up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So sit tight, strap in, grab your favorite co-pilot if you want to, and get ready to make the jump to light speed. Ladies, gentlemen, Wookiees of all ages, these are the Holocron Chronicles. Welcome to Holocron Chronicles. This is episode eight. My name's Mark the Canardian, and I'm joined, as always, by my rebel pilot in command, Charlie Carden. Charlie, how you doing tonight? Vroom, vroom. I'm driving this X-Wing. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay, good. It's wait, good. Ho- wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, th- th- this when you the- say this X-Wing, you need to really enunciate because it kind of sounded like you said you're driving the sex swing. Uh, uh, so I just I just want to make sure that you're enunciating that, well, the, you know, well, we're still family friendly. Anybody who's been Ish. in a sex swing probably knows that it drives you. You don't drive it. I, oh, am, one, mercy. I am one with the force, the force. And the force. <laughs> the force. <laughs> oh, mercy. All right, kids. Uh Listen to something else. Um, <laughs> Charlie, how you doing that, tonight? That is, that is always my attitude. You know what? <laughs> it really is just not for kids. I'm good. No, I've been enjoying uh, I'm enjoying some decent weather here in Michigan. Good. Hopefully it's going to hold out. Uh, the president was on the news tonight talking about getting the vaccine out to everybody here in the U.S. of A. by May 1. Oh. Fingers crossed. So wow. who knows? If that, uh, yeah, that's it. That's pretty exciting stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, life seems to be moving forward in a positive fashion. That is fantastic. I'm, I'm hoping the same. They, they said that they moved the timeline up uh, by a couple of months in Canada, but I don't know where that puts me because I'm in the, you know, that the kind of younger-ish age group that uh, I'm definitely not a priority. Uh, my wife is scheduled. Uh, she when, when she's working, when she goes back to work, she'll be working in the hospital. So she's more frontline right. kind of thing. Uh, so she, I think, has her first shot scheduled. Uh, and then we'll have her backup shot after that. So I, I'd love to to get something as soon as I can and, yeah, right. and I, you know, feel a sense of kind of normalcy and, uh, and, and, you know, like we're heading in that direction, but, uh, I have to say it's, it's not too bad where I live. So, um, we have zero cases in the province today, which is great. Oh, it's beautiful. That's um, good. yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. It, it's, it feels kind of normal, but at the same time, it's still that always looming kind of thing. So, right. um, so it's, it's always good to escape and talk about some star Wars and that's what we're going to do. This, this may be a shorter episode. So, if you're listening to this, and it is is kind of short, uh, this is our 
our February update. But if you missed the last episode, go back, check it out. We had a very special guest, uh, Okiro, join us. Um, he just passed just shortly after he was on our show. And I don't think the two are related at all because um, – I, I just don't think they are. <laughs> he uh, he just uh, just passed two thousand subscribers on YouTube, Woo! which is amazing. So, nice. uh, congrats to to Akiro. The hard work is paying off. Uh, if you if you're not subscribed, go check out his videos. He's he's producing some really really cool thought provoking. Um, yeah, just just really well produced uh, videos about Star Wars and uh, and kind of geek culture. He's he's done some stuff on on some Marvel, uh, the Marvel shows, WandaVision, that kind of stuff. Um, but where I found him and, and what he was talking about with us last week is, of course, Star Wars. And I think that's kind of his bread and butter. So uh, go hit, give him a, a like and subscribe on YouTube. And if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. Yes, yes. It was but, good uh, stuff. Yeah, it was it was really fun, uh, and we'll have to have him back. I'm 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 sure uh, in the future because I I think that that's one of those guys that you could just <laughs> set him in front of a microphone and, and give that him a dude, topic, and I think that, he can just yeah. uh, just rap about uh, anything in Star Wars. Yeah, that uh, for as long pretty, as you want. Pretty unstoppable, which is what you want out of uh, out of out of a podcast or somebody who who knows how to roll. So that's great. It's good yeah, stuff. For sure. for sure. So uh, thanks, Akiro, for joining us last week. But uh, yeah, Charlie, you want to jump right into the uh, chrono update for February yes. 2021? And we're just pulling a scant uh, three comic books this uh, this month of February. Bounty Hunters, the comic Bounty Hunters, I believe, has gone bi-monthly. Uh, mm. Because I, I know that uh, there is an issue. I just got an update that there will be an issue published next week. Uh, and we're recording. We're recording this on uh, on March uh, 11. So mm-hmm. we will definitely have an issue of Bounty Hunters to talk about this time next month. Uh, but we only really have the High Republic, regular Star Wars, and Darth Vader to talk about. So uh, Mark, being the High Republic expert and enthusiast, uh, is going to take us through this. And then when we get into section two, talking about prose, there is a High Republic novel to uh, talk about that Mark will hit upon as well. So without further ado, by all means, it's all yours. Well, slightly further ado, I do want to ask about bounty hunters. So, from from your, you've been in the comic book world a lot longer than I have. Something going bi monthly is that a what what kind of a sign is that? Are, are, we've been talking for a couple of months about that right. book kind of waning right. our interest. Uh, if something's going by what you know bi monthly, is that is that kind of pushing it to a different time slot to in, know, in TV yeah. terms? You know, is that, that is that, that setting yeah, that, it up for yeah. the death knell? You know, I I, uh, I have a very good feeling that this book is kind of on the way out. Because, right. um, yeah, if something is selling great, you don't sell less of it. You, <laughs> you, you, you try to sell more of it. Uh, or yeah. if, something, if something is maintaining the status quo, you keep it at the status quo because you have an audience that uh, obviously wants to engage with it. And that does not appear uh, to be the case here. So, um, So, yeah, so I have a bad feeling about that book. Uh, I know that there are, I was looking at uh, Marvel previews for May. I know that there, and we'll be talking about this, there's a string of books coming up uh, called The Bounty Hunter War uh, Mm. that you see Boba Fett uh, featured. And maybe that's going to be the end of Bounty Hunters and it's going to kind of transition into uh, some one-shots. And like I said, somebody somebody who's been reading comics for 30-something years, God, how long have I been? Yeah, just about. Um I, I I have become more and more a fan of one shots as time goes by because 
that's all my brain has time for. <laughs> as far as well, it's like picking it's like picking up another TV show. You know what yeah. I mean? You yeah. want some, you know, like Wandavision just wrapped up and it was great. It was punchy. It was nine episodes. It was it was really direct and to the point. But then that was a limited series. It's done. There's not going to be another season of it. It's, it's a, it was a complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's what makes me more and more a fan of the fan of the miniseries as opposed to the, and I know I mentioned this in, when we were talking previously, uh, the series that kind of limps along until, you know, they tie old yeller to a tree with and, and, and bash him with a shovel. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I, seriously. Uh, no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I talk about the same thing. Todd and I both, uh, with, with video games, uh, we, we mentioned, you know, we, when I was younger, uh, 40, 60, 80 hour video game was like, yes, give me more. I want all of that. Like, you know, cause I could spend a full weekend eating Cheetos and, and playing a, an 80 hour <laughs> video game. And, and, you know, nowadays I'm like, okay, cool. What's, what's like a four or five hour experience that I can play right. and, and fit in. And I, I do still, you know, Todd, Todd and I both had the same favorite game. That was a probably i think about a 40 hour uh you know full experience kind of thing with uh, mortals phoenix rising but uh for me to to get in and really finish a game especially now with uh with you know a small baby and and whatever you know he's a nine month old he's he's definitely not getting any less active uh so yes <laughs> I, know, heard, I, I heard all about the brown trout uh and i listened yes. to co-op this morning <laughs> The brown shark. That Eddie Murphy does a deadly routine about that uh, in one of his early specials. G- yeah, GI G. Joe and the brown trout. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. If you missed that one, go go check out Co-op Mod. Um, I won't get into it again here, but you know, it, it's the short experiences are for sure. That's uh, you know preferable. That's that's kind of what made me drop off the CW Arrowverse shows because as they kept adding more, it's like. I don't have time for, you know, six hours a week, 22 episodes or 24 episodes each and then crossovers and this and that. And it's like I just and and for me, it was kind of like I need to watch all of these or I can't watch any because the crossover ones will start to bug me. Uh, so I dropped off like Arrow Flash, all that kind of stuff. And I'd love but to get back. But like it, it's, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because I uh, I love the crisis crossover that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I thought I thought I bought it on Voodoo, but it was actually a four part crisis on Earth X, which was the Nazis. Uh, which and I just finished. Well, I actually really enjoyed it, and I stopped watching those shows a very long time ago. But anyway, I yep. think we're a little. I think we're a little off track. Definitely. Uh, why definitely. don't we? Why don't we cycle back to talking about uh, the High Republic issue number two? Yeah. So this is uh, the second. Uh, yeah, uh, of course. And right, right there in the name, it's the second issue in uh, this new High Republic canon comic book series. Uh, if you missed us talking about it last time, this is set a uh, hundred or more years before the uh, the original, the mm-hmm. or the 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 prequel. Right stuff. So, uh, so it's 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 way in the past. This is when the Jedi were at their peak. Uh, there's thousands of them. They are all throughout the uh, the High Republic, and and we're we're seeing the start of things, like um, you know, there, there's a big bit about like Bacta tanks. The Bacta is a new technology. Um, there's you know they're they're expanding into outer rim territories or what used to be more kind of, you know, middle rim and that kind of stuff, you know, we're seeing the Republic expand. Right. Um, 
so it, it's it's really it's an interesting time. I'm I'm really loving this stuff as as you mentioned before. So uh, the summary for this one. Um, the all new series continues who destroyed one of the Jedi's deadliest enemies. Uh, and that would be one of the huts, uh, I, I guess, uh, is who they're, they're mentioning here as you, you would see in the comic, a uh, slight spoiler there. Uh, the Nihil strike. And I, I think that's how we decided to pronounce it. The Nihil. Cause I don't that's think it's it. N I H I L Nihil. Nihil. I don't know if you that, like, that, heard that, L. That sounds right. Okay. Right. Yeah. The Nile strike a ship adrift in space, uh, the crew brutally slaughtered and cargo stolen. What terror awaits the Jedi of Starlight Beacon as they explore the wreck? Newly knighted, Keeve Trennis must overcome her insecurity in the face of new teammates, but can she trust her closest ally? Uh, so I thought this was a great book. Uh, again, I'm, I'm really invested in this and I love the story of, uh, of you know keeve becoming a jedi knight and this is kind of her mm-hmm. first mission uh not as a padawan and you're seeing kind of this shift there so I, I i'm really kind of digging this and uh they left it on a cliffhanger and and that that's always you know one of those right. things it's like i can't well, yeah. wait to read what's next but uh yeah i yeah. mean they, they're really setting it up that her uh you know her her former master uh skier is uh something is really uh is is really tweaking uh really tweaking them out so mm-hmm. what is doing that where is that leading you know is this going to have larger meaning for and again this is 230 something years before the prequels or whatever um so what what does that have deeper meaning to um to what is to come but something else i really enjoy about this title is that you know everything that everything that that frustrates us about the Skywalker saga is oh everybody knows everybody and everything's connected. No, we saw we saw the the only piece of connective tissue uh, that we have seen was you know the appearance of young and somewhat spryly Master Yoda walking through. He's got a little mm-hmm. bit he's got a little bit more hair. That's how you know he's young. <laughs> um, but he was like like he was catching a bus or something. He just walked through, and yeah. they didn't be like now he's going to be a character in this. No, they're they're setting this up. My hope is to be something that will be impactful to, you know, stories that will follow and that they're going to mm-hmm. work. So I, so I, I, I find that to be very, very exciting. So cool. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if this is leading into the acolyte. Um, cause I think that's taking place at like, towards the kind of the tail end of this era. So I'm wondering if the acolyte is kind of, you know, the, the dark, Jedi Sith story that kind of brings uh, brings around the beginning of the end for the Jedi right. with this amount of power, uh, right, and then right. you know we see kind of that downfall as we lead into the prequels, right. uh, and and you know we see that kind of corruption and they're you know they want more power they're less about peacekeeping and more about politics and uh and i i think this is this is definitely on an interesting path but right now yeah there is some uh some internal drama um. But uh, but also some we're meeting some neat Jedi with uh, Skier and the the twins Tarek mm-hmm. and Serret yep. I believe yep. uh, yeah uh, you, you say you say that and I just closed the window so I'm going to take your word yeah, okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I thought they were kind of cool and uh, but yeah it's it's uh, this this is definitely a series that I am I am invested in and can't wait to continue right and I love that the fact that you know you're putting new characters into play. And that we've seen with the Mandalorian that it's very easy to transition 
characters from the page or from the animated cell to the live action or to the mm-hmm. animated cell. So, you know, that is one thing that I really love about the Lucasfilm group that I really wish transitioned into my beloved Star Trek is that you could pull, you could call from multiple prose related things like the, the cartoons. There's been one really successful cartoon in, in Star Trek in the last year called Lower Decks mm-hmm. uh, that is fully integrated into canon. There's going to be a new cartoon that's geared towards a younger audience called Star Trek Prodigy, which we're likely to see this fall, which will be the next Star Trek that we've gotten since you know COVID threw everything off. We haven't had anything new uh, mm-hmm. since Discovery ended back in January. So um, I just re- I really wish that, that, that Star Trek could actually take a page from Star Wars book and have this multimedia aspect to their canon. I, I feel that that's lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. I was just on a, a, a YouTube channel uh, live broadcast just a few days ago in uniform uh, with uh, with uh, David Mack, who is a very accomplished Star Trek uh, novel author, and Scott Tipton, who is a very accomplished Star Trek comic book author. And I asked the question point blank. I said, this thing and that thing that you're describing, is there a chance because it relates to this and that, that it could be canon? And both guys said, nope, doesn't work that way. And wow. that just, oh, it just really, really popped. I mean, it was something that I knew, but it really popped my balloon, you know, because I, it's like uh, there are a series of, of novels that are attached to uh, Picard, which is one of the newer series uh, right. that touch, touch upon ancillary characters and large supporting characters uh, and Picard himself. The, the third one of the novels is, is coming out a little bit later this year. And again, I would love to believe that they that those are canon stories that are being told, but they aren't. And so anyway, I'm on my high horse about canon. I'll get off it, but being that this is a canon <laughs> podcast is, is particularly salient to my mind. So uh, moving sure. along, moving along, we have the 11th issue of the uh, core uh, Star Wars title uh, uh, written by Charles Soule. Uh, the uh, illustrator is Jan but ba- ba- whoa, Bazadula. Dang, good art. I like it just the same. Uh, this came out this month. Uh, Operation Starlight Goes Supernova. Uh, and if you remember, the, the mission to reunite, reunite the Rebel fleet uh, is countered by a deadly trap sprung by the evil Commander Zara, who has been mm-hmm. menacing uh, our crew all along. She also has a Star Destroyer uh, that has a big chunk taken out of it because the exploding Death Star crashed into it. And she has a real uh, ha- lady hate boner for Princess Leia. Like, they just, they're loggerheads all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so anyway, the question is, how will Wedge and Tilly's Sherabay and the other pilots in Starlight Squadron survive. And also, there's Lando Calrissian forced to choose between the Rebellion and his oldest friend. That would be Mr. Lobot. So, mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, this is... Um, I'd be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a superhero guy. Uh, I, I, I have uh, subscriptions to... I have subscriptions to four print comics, which I've said in the past, both on this show and, and probably on SFU. I get uh, print comics as reader copies, and all Marvel comics have a digital code in them, so I'll get it. I'll punch in the code, I'll read it that way, and I give the print copies to my friend's kid. He's eight years old. So I just... And every time I go to his house... I, you know, I'm going there uh, this weekend. I have new comics for him. So awesome. just, if he's if he's is not home, if he's at his dad's house, I'll just leave him on his bed so he have a surprise when he gets home. Um, so uh, so yeah. So I, this is probably uh, those comics are. There's this one. There's Amazing Spider-Man, which I've read since I was 10 years old. Fantastic Four, which I've read on and off. And the Avengers, which I've also read since I was a teenager. This is the comic that I'm like. Oh, when's the next issue coming out? <laughs> Super fired up about because I just feel like they're really getting it right. And again, uh, Charles Soule has been the architect 
mm-hmm. uh, of Star Wars comics since that first relaunch, which we talked about kind of in depth on a previous episode. But uh, what I'm continuing to love about this arc is that they are Luke Skywalker is a I was going to say he was AOL. He's not AOL. He's AWOL. He's awesome. <laughs> I can't. He, has, he hasn't been in, he hasn't been a pivotal factor in the comic and so many issues. Mark, I don't even know what he's doing. I don't know mm-hmm. where he's off to. I don't he's know. He's got his he's, yellow lightsaber. He's just he's gone his, off somewhere else. Yeah. He's off. He's doing something. So maybe there's going to be an arc that says this is what Luke was doing for those five issues. Here's five issues, what he was doing. Right. But, you know, you've got um, you're pulling together uh, the characters of Shara uh, Bay and her husband, whose name I always forget, but they're the parents of Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the sequel trilogy, so I love that. Um, but you, you, you're, you're in a real game of cat and mouse because they, they have this res- this horrible resurrected ancient droid uh, that they're helping them develop this uh, this language so that the Re- the rebel alliance can talk to each other undetected. Because when the empire cracked uh, code, a couple of their the rebel fleets were wiped out, and they're afraid that's going to happen to everybody else. So uh, it turns into real Sophie's choice for Lando because. Uh, the droid has to the the ancient droid has to tap into Lobot uh, in order to keep the program going. Um, but if she stays tapped in, if the droid stays tapped into Lando, he'll die. But if they break the connection, then there's a good chance that uh, Wedge and his squadron will die. So it turns into a, a Mexican standoff between uh, Poe Dameron's father and Lando. Uh, as far as who is, you know, what's going to go down. So it was a moment of tension as much as you get in the comic book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kess uh, Dameron, by the way. Kess Dameron, thank you so much. I, and it was, which is funny because Kess is is the name of a female character that one was was a, a main cast member in the early seasons of Star Trek Voyager. So that's a weird one for me to. That maybe that's a maybe that's why I was blocking it out. Um, so yeah, I thought that there was. Um, I thought there there were there were stakes in this. At the end of it, it looked like Shara uh, Shara Bay was going to be trapped and killed. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, it, we we do see her later. We we do see her in post Return of the Jedi stuff. So we really sorry. We we know she's not going to die. But still, it's exciting. I mean, and it's building to what is obviously going to be a huge blowout um, between Leia and and Zara. That's going to happen again. Um, so yeah, this one this this one is hands down my favorite. I absolutely uh, love this title. Uh, and I'm always excited to get the to get the next issue. I'm not sure. It's funny because those comics come by bulk mail. It'll be somewhere between two days and like three weeks before it shows up oh, at the house. So thank God we do this once a month because it gives me the chance to actually, you know, at least be like, well, I guess I just read it, so it's fresh in my mind instead of reading it three weeks ago. But but I can't predict that. So right. But anyway, th- this was definitely my jam. Uh, certainly my story of the month. I would say without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, again. There, we we keep saying these other books are hitting so hard that you, you can kind of see why Bounty Hunters is is kind of falling to the wayside. So yeah, that is a great read. And uh, and Vader Ten is is the next and final comic that we have this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Red Horror, after passing the test of the Eye of Weathers Fog, Darth Vader has learned the route to the hidden location of the Emperor's greatest secrets. But in the Red Nebula, along the way, can Vader survive the onslaught of the greatest predator in the galaxy, especially if the monster's most brutal attack transcends the physical? And what horror awaits the Emperor if a transformed Vader makes it to his dark door? So, 
Yeah, th- this one for me is, uh, you know, again, all of these books have been Vader showing that he's a badass. Uh, but on his way to 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 Mustafar, the <laughs> Rise of Skywalker made it look so easy. It's like, well, why can't he just go there? You know, like, I mean, you know, obviously they had to find, you know, the, the Sith Wayfinder and they just but they I mean, they got there and then the fleet got there and no one ran into like crazy shenanigans. So it's like, why is Darth yeah, Vader right. <laughs> doing that? But, uh, you know, aside from that, um, yeah, it's, it's more Darth Vader being a badass. So, uh, what, you can't really complain too much, I suppose. <laughs> what right. No, I, hear I, uh, you know, it's, it's funny of the, you know, I, I'm just really so swept up in that main title that I don't, I had to double check and like, did I read this so long ago that I double check and make sure that I read it? So I don't know if that means that this is throwing me or I just need to, to pay closer attention, but you know, I want him to, I want him to get there and I want this final showdown to happen. That's gonna, yeah. You know, and I, and I guess maybe it was not dramatically kind of stuck in my brain that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I would like to, see, I'd like to see it move forward a bit. So I guess <laughs> It, it yeah. didn't really it didn't really register with me in kind of the same way. Yes. So, all right. So moving along uh, to uh, a behind the scenes reference book, Star Wars: The Mandalorian: The Art and Imagery Collector's Edition, Volume Two. So this is journeying to the amazing worlds of Star Wars: The Mandalorian, critically acclaimed series that expands the Star Wars universe. Uh, continues to tell the acclaimed story of the mysterious Mandalorian, Warrior Din Djarin, and the child. So this is uh, a mix of uh, photography, concept art, uh, showcasing the Mandalorian as, as allies, uh, his allies, and etc. So, you know, these are great. If you're a diehard, uh, and again, you know, the very... The, the few physical volumes I still collect would be coffee table books, much like this one. Mm-hmm. Nice, big, thick tomes if you really want to dig deep. Sure, a lot of these images, I'm sure that you can find them online. But to me, it just doesn't really hold the punch. So uh, while I'm uh, personally you know, not, not collecting uh, a lot of this kind of stuff right now, um, I always love uh, that comes out, and this one's from Titan Comics, which is they're very famous for licensed products. And if it's Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who alike, all that kind of stuff. So um, I am sure this is a very, a very nice book. So do, do you dabble in these at all, Mark? Every once in a while, uh, for the most part, it's video game stuff. Uh, I like, you know, video game artwork and concept and that kind of thing. Uh, my wife has uh, one or two Harry Potter. I think she has like a big collection of wands and, and that kind of stuff. Um, this one, I, I think I mentioned last time for volume one, um, that this is the kind of stuff that if like, kind of similar to you, you know, like this, this would be the kind of thing I'd pick up physically, mm-hmm. uh, and have there, whether I'd pick up volume one and volume two or wait another few months and see if there's something that collects everything right. all in one, you know, compendium or something like that, uh, or pick it up at all. Uh, like you said, a lot of the artwork that I would be interested that's featured in this, most likely I can find somewhere online or whatever, but it would kind of be cool to have some big coffee book, you know, or coffee table kind of book. Um, with concept images, with artwork, with, you know, okay, here's how 
you know, uh, how we designed this character. Here's how we designed this character. I love that kind of stuff. So this is interesting to me, but not something I, I feel the need to rush out and get. Right. Gotcha. To be more, and it's not, it's not like I've set foot in a library in a couple of years, but it'd be one of those. <laughs> if I was, if I was hypothetically walking through a library, I might snag this and flip, you mm-hmm. know, take it home and flip through it and then eventually take it back. So, um, but yeah. yeah, no, it's always good to know that, that, uh, you know, there wouldn't be a volume two if there was an interest in a volume one. So it's good to know mm-hmm. that it's out there. It's out there and it's selling and, and people dig it. So, uh, final thing, uh, is yours. This is a high Republic. It is a YA. Uh, but since, uh, we have we're very limited on content this month. I think we should tackle it just the same. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I I didn't read this one like I, I did the first uh, High Republic regular novel, but uh, but this one I, I almost did pick this one up, and I'm kind of regretting not picking it up. I I was in the line at the grocery store uh, a week or two ago, and and saw this one on sale, and said, okay, maybe I'll grab it. But I I, I kind of wanted it digital or or right. possibly audiobook or something, so uh, it's a little easier to consume. But uh, anyway, the publisher's summary for this one: the Padawan Ralph Silas is being sent from the cosmopolitan galactic capital of Coruscant to the underdeveloped frontier, and he couldn't be less happy about it. Uh, He'd rather stay at the Jedi Temple, studying the archives. But when the ship he's traveling on is knocked out of hyperspace in a galactic-wide disaster, Wreath finds himself at the center of the action. The Jedi and their traveling companions find refuge on what appears to be an abandoned space station. But then strange things start to happen, leading the Jedi to investigate the truth behind the mysterious station, a truth that could end in tragedy. So, sounds pretty good. I mean, everything... Oh my. That's what I like with with this High Republic stuff is uh, it is far reaching and it's showing the story from multiple angles, as we're seeing in the comics, in the novels, in the, the YA stuff, whatever. Uh, but there are so many Jedi to follow that you're not just getting it from one certain point of view. You're getting these stories that are across the galaxy kind of all happening around the same time, uh, even with the volume two of, of the, the comic book. I'm seeing things that tie back into the first novel that was released in the high public. And, and just reading this, uh, this, this summary, I'm seeing things like, Oh, okay. So that's probably happening around this time. So that means he's here while this is going on. Like, so this is already interesting to me. So, uh, I'd love to see when, you know, in a few months, in a year, whatever, is there going to be something that kind of breaks down all of these events in a cohesive timeline of like, you know, if you don't read the young adult stuff, if you don't read the comics, is there a way? And I guess that's one of the downsides to having all of this media across different things. And, and mm. you know, you just kind of complained about Star Trek not having, you know, canon in comic books or in books right. or in this True. and that. Uh, but it can be also really hard to follow for right. people that – you know, if if you don't read comics or if you only read comics or if you only watch TV shows or movies, you know, are you going to be a little lost when the Acolyte starts? If it's referencing things that have been in books for, True. let's say, a yeah. year or two before that show drops, uh, are you going to be you know playing catch up? Is there going right. to be too much? It, I, I'm kind of curious. And that that is one of the downsides that, you know, that that he, even we find, you know, we, we do this this show talking about canon and and um 
even on a, a slower month, it is kind of hard to to say, okay, what did I read? What did I not read? You know, did right. I read that? Did it make an impact? Can I keep right. this story straight? You know, it's it's tough. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know that that's one of the things that I love and and kind of hate about this <laughs> High Republic I hear stuff. Ya. So, I hear, uh, and, it, into and, the dark sounds cool. I you know, and I like the fact that it's all, it's it's uh, simultaneously published as an audio book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not a a book reader at all these days. I mean, I e- even having the Kindle app on my iPad, I couldn't tell you the last time I actually sat down and read a whole book. It's been a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, but I have really fallen in love with audio books since I've been you know. Uh, uh, housebound, uh, kind of being between jobs, thanks to Corona. Uh, I do spend some time uh, playing my, you know, Lego video games here in the den, uh, and I'll yep. have my, I, I have my iPad right next to me, and that's how I, I finished, um, I finished a Star Wars or a Star Trek audiobook yesterday. Uh, I'm still going on to listen to uh, the certain point of view from The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I also, because I have Audible with my monthly credit, I grab the uh, certain point of view for A New Hope. Uh, and cool. then in the in the future, I may uh, also grab one of these High Republic ones. Maybe one of the young adult ones because it'd be a little quicker bite, you know, than than the super long other one. But you know, we'll see. I I, I do bounce back and forth when it comes to audiobooks between the Star Wars and the Star Trek. So I'll buy them and maybe I'm not going to listen to it right now, but I, like I said, my, I absolutely go through phases. So I go, it, it's the yin and the yang for me is the Star Wars and the Star Trek. I'll go back mm-hmm. and forth and, and there comes a time when sometimes they'll harmonize. Um, but we've got it, you know, like when, uh, when the Mandalorian and Lower Decks or Discovery was on at the same time, and Alex and I are doing Code 47, we split the show in half so that we would talk about both of them. So that was a very rare time when both of them were on television at the same time, and I could have the same fire. Uh, mm-hmm. So I look, for, look forward to having that again uh, when we get, uh, when we get uh, more content on the air, which COVID certainly has not helped with that. So, uh, so we're bringing our program to an end, but we decided to... Uh, as I was skimming through kind of the content page of where we get our summary uh, of what the canon, uh, canon stories were in the previous month, they had a column for uh, events yet to be determined. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's one on here that is will come as a celebration to a lot of people, and to a lot of people they probably just they couldn't care as much. But in 2021, uh, it uh, what was noted on this is that Kathleen Kennedy, famous slash infamous, uh, head of Lucasfilm, uh, that her contract as president is coming to an end. Um, so I thought yeah, perhaps we could expound, potentially briefly, uh, mm-hmm. on what what we really think that might mean uh, if she decides to retire. She's I don't I don't know that she's exactly of retirement age, but I know she's certainly a fair bit older than myself. I would anticipate to her, her to be in her late fifties, early sixties, which is uh, the potential of retirement age for certainly someone in the entertainment industry who has been. I mean, she was producing executive producing movies in, in the late nineteen seventies, so she has. Uh, amass quite a career. I'm sure that she could retire very comfortably. So let's just... Uh, yeah, I think she's like 68. Yeah, oh, golly. Born, okay. born in, in 53, I think. Yeah, so okay. she, she's, you know, she's she's up there. I mean, like, she's definitely... De- could, de- can, de- she can retire without any kind of, like, you know, oh, I'm retiring early or something. You know, exactly. I, think, I think at this point she's earned it, whether you like her or not. I think, well, well, I think yeah, she's definitely it, paid her dues. Yeah, if you if you look at her body of work, it's it's a it's a massive achievement. But uh, there have certainly been her detractors in the last few years uh, around Star Wars. Uh, certainly, people who didn't enjoy the sequel trilogy. Certainly, people who don't enjoy 
just how she purports uh, Star Wars going out there and saying, well, we don't have a background in, in things uh, uh, mm-hmm. because it's not like Marvel uh, where there's they no have reference. All, there's no references and stuff where, you know, she was the one who obviously had a hand in destroying the, uh, can, you know, canon status of the EU, but mm-hmm. whatever it is. But, um, you know, playing uh, playing the hypotheticals, you know, some very clear names come to mind if she goes and they bring in somebody who uh, who has had massive creative success and again she is not a she's not a content creator that i'm aware of she is simply she is simply a suit uh she is someone she's someone on the administrative side the business side of things but you know if we were to look at our sweetheart list of god it would be great if this person took over you know what's your what's your like top three what would you say uh filoni mm-hmm. favreau yep foggy Feige, really? Who has Three not Fs. even? Yeah, who has not even? Who is uh, rumored to, but has not yet executed a uh, a Star Wars? I w- I would have said uh, Taiki Watiti simply because Ooh. of his. Yeah, I mean Feige, you're it's undeniable. The mm-hmm. man, the man has the Midas touch. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had one stinker to it, uh, and that would be that thing called the Inhumans, which I still will not watch because we watched the first one hour of the two hour premiere. And I said, fuck this. And we were gone. <laughs> uh, and it, you know, and they, they limped it onto Disney plus, but I, I, yeah. on. I mean, forget about no. it. Um, but yeah, I, I think having Lucasfilm being driven by a creator, I mean, say what you will about, about George, uh, mm-hmm. and, and how you might feel about the prequel trilogy, but it's all because of him. And it was all his notion that created all of this. Um, so, Passing it into the capable hands of other creators who have done such work in the last five to ten years that just absolutely knocks your socks off, to me opens up opens up the flood kind of the floodgates possibility in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when yeah, and when you, when you get someone like you know like like John Favreau who uh, has has directed and, and I mean kicked off the MCU, kicked off you know Mandalorian. I mean he's he's got a body of work that. It speaks for itself, I think. Uh, Dave Filoni is right there with him, uh, and I think Filoni honestly would be my top choice because he is such an encyclopedia of information for Star Wars. He gets he gets the thinking of George Lucas. Like he knows just he he knows the stuff inside and out, and and he gets the the imagery. And I think I talked about it uh, either last episode or maybe the one before, where you know now hearing him speak about the duel of the fates uh, and and what that meant, and the the basically the story of you know the the duel of the fates is is about Anakin's fate, and it's uh, will Qui Gon survive or or not? And we know how it happened. Uh, you know that that Anakin basically lost this father figure and he gained Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan was always more of a brother. So he never had that father role. So if, you know, the, the fate was this, this is literally the duel for Anakin's fate. And it was whether he goes to the dark side or, or, or continues the light. And, and it, it had Qui-Gon survived, maybe Anakin would have turned out differently. Maybe he would have ended up being the proper chosen one uh, and, and, you know, bringing full balance rather than completely destroying everything and eventually kind of getting there ish. But, uh, you know, hearing him talk about star Wars, even stuff that 
you might not like, he brings this level of understanding to it that you're like, wow, yeah, I get that. I appreciate that more because of how deeply you understand and appreciate it. So I think having someone like that behind the, you know, steering the ship basically would just be incredible. Uh, so he'd probably be my top choice, but you know, Kevin Feige. Undeniable talent. Yeah. I think what he's done with the MCU and the cohesiveness of the Marvel universe on film and and now in in tv with uh wandavision and seemingly with where falcon and the winter soldier is headed i mean it's it seems like they're they're sticking with the can do no wrong in humans aside uh but you know i'm wondering if it's time for him or if he's interested in moving on you know, can he hand off the reins of the MCU to someone else? Uh, you know, would the, the Russo brothers step in as more of an overall producer role? Would they be interested in that? Is there someone else in the Disney fold that could come up and do that? Um, you know, maybe Favreau steps into that and he steps into the Star Wars stuff. Who knows how it could shake down with Disney? But having him come in and say, okay, here's what we did with Marvel. We're going to follow a similar kind of formula, but make it star Wars. He's already, uh, you know, expressed in interest in, in producing something for star Wars. Maybe that's a test bed. Maybe right. that's uh, you know, if that succeeds, we're just going to give you the whole thing and, right. and have fun with it. So there, what about you? What's, what's your top three? Um, I mean, like I said, I, I, I mirrored yours, but like right. I said, I, I've been so, thrilled with with taika and with what taika he's done. okay with i taika, was wondering if yeah. you were just throwing that out or if that was your actual no, no yeah. that was not only with him as a creator but also as a performer but looking at his background uh in the wide variety of different things that he's mm-hmm. done uh he brings a certain sensibility uh to it that i've <laughs> i've always said that because he's a he's he's a kiwi he's from new zealand uh <laughs> yeah. and Aus- australia is always a place i've wanted to visit but i've always thought of it as being so far away that it's like another planet so i tend to think of <laughs> australia the fact that you know uh they filmed episode two in australia the mm-hmm. fact that they did the lord of the rings in new zealand it feels like it's a different planet to me and creators mm-hmm. from there bring a certain sensibility that we, you know, Randy Americans or North Americans, if you, if you will, uh, don't have. So star Wars needs that inhuman outer worldly touch. That's different than, than, than what we experience where, you know, when you think about star Trek, well, you know, the, you know, star Trek is, is always felt very, you know, despite that, you know, there might be uh, actors from different places around the world, but it's always felt very American, because of Captain Kirk and Gene Rod <laughs> created it, and it just felt very, you know what I mean? Uh, where Star Wars to me just always felt very much galaxy, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's, <laughs> how, I think, that's how I think about it. So that's my I, uh, I, I think I, any one of them could do just a phenomenal job. With my, my one hesitation with Taika Waititi is I wonder if, given full reign, would he go even maybe a little too far into the comedy as he kind of tends to, if he's not, if he's completely unchained for, with, with his own thing, there are some times that he just leans so heavily into a joke that it's like, Oh, 
like rein it mean, back even, a tiny bit. But you even, know, but, uh, even you know, even Favreau came from a and, quasi and Favre, yeah dra- drama comedy aspect because he came out. He was in Swingers, right. and then he was in a string of kind of those rom coms in the early two thousands. Stringing all, in uh, yeah. Friends, he was the UFC fighter, billionaire, whatever that, that right. dated uh, Rachel or, or not? Exactly. Was it Rachel? I I do not I do not no remember. Monica it was Monica I think you had a one anyway, three, yeah you had a one in three chance of getting it right so it's okay. Um, My wife's like if she hears me she's gonna run downstairs and slap me because yeah, she like whack. friend friends in our house is just background noise at this point like that's oh, her favorite yeah. show. That's so. like like some people in the office you know I'm starting the office for the fiftieth time never get Ox for going about that he's never watched a television television show twice and he generally never makes it past the first episode of any show. Which is how you know how, as soon as you say don't get him started, I'm gonna get him started. On oh, that, right? I, well, that what you what do you think it was? It was my absolute reverse psychology. Perfect. And it's clearly you played well. me. I know it. <laughs> I know it. So, well, folks, that is a wrap uh, to this month. We said it was going to be short, but I think we still pulled out an hour. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because because we're talking sorts. But uh, thank you for joining us. We are of course uh, one of the four pillars of the uh, Secret Friends Unite. Uh, Facebook community and podcasting network, including this fine program where we talk about Star Wars. There's Code 47 where Alex, Terry, and I talk about Star Trek. Co-op mode is Mark and my best friend of 25 years, Todd Oxtra, talking about video games. And Todd and I, now six and a half years running over on Secret Friends Unite, talking about... Uh, geek culture in general every Friday. Uh, you can find us over on Facebook. Uh, uh, we have both a, a group and a podcast page. You can find us over on Twitter at Secret Friends U. Uh, hit us up, let you know what you think about all of our programs. At Secret Friends U is the handle that rules all the rings. We've even had some talk recently of taking it into an honest to God regular website. So keep your keep your earballs peeled for that. <laughs> Uh, seeing that takes some work, but yeah, definitely. Uh, you got pay it. Attention we'll to that one. Make that happen. Uh, we are uh, available on podcast services all around the ring: uh, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Prime. Uh, we're also over there on YouTube. Leave us a review, uh, five stars if you dig us, uh, and it does help the show out. It will also earn you a delightful uh, digital prize from our digital prize closet. Finally, we do have a store uh, over on T Public. Uh, logos of all of your favorite Secret Friends Unite programs. Uh, you can get yourself T-shirts, hoodies, notebooks, wall art, pillows. They got a whole bunch of d- different kind of merch. Uh, proceeds from the store, yeah, proceeds from the store do benefit a uh, charity that is near and dear to my heart that I've been working with here in Michigan for the last couple of years, called the League of Enchantment, which supports children uh, here in the state with hospital visits and things of that nature. So please jump on there. They actually are having a special. Uh, they, they do specials a couple times a month, so uh, subscribe to the page, subscribe to the emails, and uh, you will know that you are supporting a good cause. So uh, with that, I will bid you adieu. Thank you again for joining us, friends. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. May the force be with you, Rex. Play us out. <laughs> <laughs>